0: Jacob,
1: uh, Always a pleasure to be with you, Sabrina. We're doing great.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for being back with us. We're talking tonight on, uh, well, issues of the brain. And we hear in the news a lot about uh, memory and brain creativity. And we also, because of the baby boomers and others, we're hearing a lot about uh,
1: Alzheimer's, dementia, and uh, mental health. Absolutely. It's a big topic. If you look at Alzheimer's by itself, about 5 million people in the United States have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, estimated to be about 16 million. That'll hit by the year 2050. Um, And it costs, I mean, just in terms of economic costs, is $200 billion a year. Um, But the real cost is that the doctors, how can I graciously put this, clueless about this disease and how to treat it effectively? Let me start you with one scary and optimistic fact. Okay. Half of people diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, they did a study. It was actually done in Hawaii where I live. um, And they did autopsies on people's brains who had uh, Alzheimer's. And that's The only really conclusive test is is basically a biopsy that you don't want to do until after death. They found that half of people diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease turned out not to have any Alzheimer's disease present. There's something hmm. totally different causing the dementia uh, that was missed. So the, for those who say, well, they go to the doctor and the doctor, says, there's nothing you can really do. It's just, you know, a physical, non-reversible thing. Uh, first of all, half the time, the diagnosis is wrong. And we're going to talk today about how to get your mind back, whether you have uh, dementia from Alzheimer's or from any of a host of other causes.
0: Wow. I wanted to know, uh, you know, your thoughts on this whole uh, gradual memory loss in that you're just telling us that many of these people don't have uh, the full-blown Alzheimer's. Now, the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia, I know that you'll get into. What are the differences?
1: Does well, one lead the dementia, to the other? Well, Alzheimer's is one cause of a larger subset of dementia. just So it's like okay. there, you have... Heart problems would be a broad thing. So, uh, under heart problems, you have valve problems, angina, rhythm problems, and other things. Under dementia, you have one, uh, Alzheimer's is just one of the many causes of dementia. But, but a lot of doctors do. So you come in and you say, well, gee, great grandma's, you know, feeling a little fuzzy and not to remember your name. And they have the six minutes for the average doctor visit they have. And they write out a prescription for one of two medications that's <sighs> anywhere between a waste of time to minimally helpful. Basically what the study showed is that they don't improve cognitive function in most people. All they do is slightly slow down the progression and they're able to squeak out a statistical difference uh, versus uh, placebos and they're expensive. That's unprofitable. That's a really big thing. Um, So that's what the doctors do. They're out of prescription. They say "Have Alzheimer's, go home. Um, And it's pathetic. I mean, you look about another 3.5 million people have their dementia caused by what's called vascular dementia, uh, per circulation to the brain from little mini-strokes. Um, and then you have so many that I have and get from other reversible causes that the doctor simply never looks for, uh, B12 deficiency, hormonal problems, host of things that we'll talk about today. But we're going to talk about one of the major causes of dementia also uh, and how to get rid of it. And that's the dementia that uh, not is taken care of by do- drugs but caused by drugs. And I'm not talking about people shooting up crack and heroin. I'm talking about the drugs that they're getting from the doctor that they don't need. So we'll go through all of that today in terms of what to do in terms of how to properly evaluate people with the disease, um and how to make it go away. So What are some of the
0: real causes for this uh you know, for these issues with the with the brain? What what's going on?
1: Well, anything that decreases cognitive function can basically, if it gets severe enough, lead to dementia. So, anything. Um, So, what we'll do is, let's talk today about my dementia protocol. Um, Okay. That's kind of the um, algorithm that I give for, it's a checklist, you know, D-E-M-E-N-T-I-A. Each of those stands for an area that needs to be looked at in treating people. Um, And that, at the same time, will address what the underlying causes are. And then we'll, well, what is dementia for the for
0: the people out there? Just just explain what is dementia so the the layperson you know can understand what that term
1: means. Well, it's funny you know so many people in their fifties and beyond um, find that they forget where they left the keys, they have trouble uh, remembering the names of stuff. You know, they feel like their brain's full of uh, it's a sieve full of holes when it comes to name finding and stuff like that. But what's important for people to know is dementia is not when you keep forgetting where you left the keys. Dementia is when you forget how to use the keys. So wow. basically, when it's so disruptive of your life that they're mm-hmm. not really able to do the day-to-day activities uh, mm-hmm. of normal living, so to speak. So don't, don't worry that you're forgetting where you left the keys. You kept doing, you did that when you were 20 also. And then you're Who cares? And then, oh, there they are. You know, you didn't go worrying about this, this is a dementia. So... When you forget how to use the keys, mm, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that that would be interesting to get in the car and sort of look and see. Well, what are these things here? <laughs> keys? What? What do we? What do I do with this?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's either you need to lay step away from the wheel and the bottle, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> get a breathalyzer in the other seat, uh, or you know, that's when you're having issues like that. Then the family needs to be concerned. Um, but let's take a moment and take a look at, uh, before we launch into treatment, let's take a look at the standard evaluation, you okay. know, when most people go into Alzheimer's. Um, if you're looking at the standard medical model and... Uh, and you're looking at the recommended evaluation for Alzheimer's dementia, uh, there's a minimal physical, what's called a mini-mental exam, uh, a CT or MRI scan, screening for depression, B12 deficiency, and hypothyroidism, and that's it. And even for that pathetically inadequate workup that's recommended uh, in standard medicine, only half of people with dementia, seen by doctors, even get that workup. Um, and that's In a secondary uh, level, which is a higher echelon hospital. God, you know, who knows, and when you're out in the field, uh, that 50% probably gets close to maybe 10 to 20% of people get even that minimal, minimal evaluation. Um, And only one third of people who have dementia have had their cause of dementia correctly determined. And again, this is from the standard, you know, medical viewpoint of it from a standard medical journal. Um, But if you take a look at it, it's a really important concept. Um, If you know somebody with dementia, you notice there are some days that they're better than others. So some days they may recognize you, other days they don't know the kids' names. And then two weeks later, they may be fine again, where they recognize the kids. So it's not that the Alzheimer's or dementia goes away one day and comes back the next, it's not like the problem went away. It's that there are even little changes in function, 2 to 5% change in function um, in most organs when you're getting near that critical point. It's the difference between being okay and being, you know, for example, in kidney function. I can take out a whole kidney, you won't even notice it. Um, you can lose half of kidney function for the other kidney and you'll be okay. But you lose another 2 to 10% of that function and you're on dialysis. And yeah. it's no different with the brain. You see the same with the heart. You see the same with the lung. I can take up a whole lung, and the person won't have a problem. Uh, and with brain function, you can lose a good amount. But when you get to that critical level, a 2 to 5% change in function is the difference between recognizing good kids and not. And there are just a lot of day-to-day things. We know with ourselves. You know how some days our mind is sharper than others? You have mm-hmm. a cold and you're feeling fuzzy you know if you have other infections you know we've been out partying too much you know there's times our brains are fuzzy and little things that affect efficiency two to five percent will be the difference between being able to take care of yourself and not recognizing your kids so we're going to talk about how to tune up the brain today using the dimension mnemonic. And um, why don't you go through each of those? That may be the easiest things. We'll just start with D, and we'll take it down. And we'll, we'll teach people about how to do a brain tune-up. Now, I'm going to note a couple things for listeners. If you have a loved one uh, with uh, dementia, or if you yourself are concerned that your cognitive function is starting to slip, um, I'll tell you, go to your regular doctor right now, and it will be a very frustrating waste of time experience in most cases. I certainly want to be seen. But what you want to do is you want to go to a holistic physician and, or a good naturopathic physician because they're going to be trained and more familiar in doing the things we're going to talk about today. And you can find over 2,000 board certified holistic MDs at a website. W, so take a piece of paper and a pencil. Write this down if you have a loved one or you yourself have issues. www.ab, that's be like Bob, I, h m that's m dot o r g not dot com you'll find over 2,000 board certified holistic physicians if you go to the american academy of naturopathic physicians if you live in a state where naturopaths are appropriately licensed to practice as they should be uh where the medical monopoly hasn't basically squeezed the life out of medicine um you'll find thousands more um that'll know how to do what you're talking about today uh i'm going to note also that i i uh, do phone consultations for this with people from around the world, and that's another option. Um, and uh, the contact information is four one zero five seven three five three eight nine. But a good holistic doctor should be able to do this. So, um, Sabrina Marie, let's go through the dimension mnemonic. And this is a tune-up, even for those of you who just feel like, like you want to tune up your brain, like it just needs something to make it a little bit sharper. These mm-hmm. same principles apply. And so the first letter in dementia is D, and that stands for drugs. Now, again, as I said, we're not talking about addictive medications and things like that, or even the expected ones. Um, But you'll find that many people uh, in their 60s and above, some people are on 10, 15 medications. And if you and I were on these medications, we'd be arrested for DWI. (laughs) And what I find is that if you take people and take the time to get them off the medications they don't need, and you don't want to do this at home because by yourself you don't know what's needed and what's not. Uh, it's easy to add a medication. It takes 30 seconds to write a prescription, and the patient feels you've done something you want, and the doctor walks out the door. But it takes time to go through each medicine and determine what it was started for. Is it really still needed? Um, but what I'll do is I'll wean people off of uh most of the medications in most cases. And you'll find that very often the brain comes back. It's like, oh phew, dementia. Nope, not anymore. Um especially medications like Benadryl, uh incontinence medications. These are what are called so called anticholinergic medications. Um, put in a different way of saying they basically block the memory molecule. Um mm-hmm. I call it acetylcholine. That's what medication, Aricept increases acetylcholine. So these medicines block it, but it can be any of a number of medications um, that can go ahead, and especially the interactions. Um, so you want to get people off of these medications they don't need. Um, and that by itself can often have a traumatic, dramatic benefit. Mm. Um, the E in dementia would be for emotional issues. Um, Do you have depression, anxiety, things like that, that are um, going ahead and mimicking or aggravating dementia? Another important emotional contributor is, are you getting a good night's sleep? Mm
0: -hmm. Some people
1: will find as they age, they can only get four or five hours sleep a night. And although for some people that's enough and they feel well and they function fine, for other people it's not. Uh, but you don't want to give more medications. There's natural things like lavender uh, help sleep. Uh, some melatonin can help sleep. Uh, there's an herbal mix called the Revitalizing Sleep Form, a mix of six herbs, nice gentle but solid way to get people sleeping through the night. Um, so these things. And uh, for anxiety, uh, you'll find a lot of the elderly, especially if they start finding that they're getting confused, and that makes them anxious. And then they put on valium, and that makes them more confused. Or valium by its any twenty other names, you know, Advan Zanax, Clonapin, and, uh, and on and on. That what do those things do? They basically make you drunk. <laughs> it's like taking a couple shots of tequila and then wondering, oh gee, you know, they're a little more fuzzy today. Um, but lavender, again, um, you can get it in a pill. Well, I, I like one called Calm Aid. But just the smell of lavender, or you can get some lavender. Uh, essential oils and put a drop on the upper lip, the smell of lavender is calming. And this has been shown in studies. Um, so if you treat these things, there's many ways to treat depression, uh, 5-HTP, fish oil, um, thyroid. <laughs> love, it's funny, mm-hmm. if you give identical thyroid uh, studies show that depression will often go away. Um, irritable depression, chromium, has been shown in placebo-controlled studies. Uh, to be uh, very helpful. So again, you want to naturally because you'll have less side effects. Look for emotional issues, and that would be the E in in dementia. Uh, do you want me to scroll through each of them, or did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then feel free, you know, to uh, with any questions uh, or thoughts to pop in as we go along. Um, what about
0: traumatic issues <clears throat> and in um, the emotional issues? People have been through traumas. Uh, uh, the post-traumatic stress disorder or whatnot, uh, you know, they, that that I'm sure affects the brain and affects anxiety and every other thing.
1: Absolutely. And PTSD, and especially important when it's people age, uh, especially when people, some, you know, will live to be in the 80s, 90s, and beyond, is that sometimes one of the worst tragedies in life is to outlive a child, to have the child die before they do. And that... When you talk about traumas in that age group, that's that's one of the worst ones and one of the biggest contributors uh, that we'll see. And there's a a technique called emotional freedom technique Mm -hmm. that can be very helpful for dealing with the traumas. And it's an acupressure technique. Uh, actually, Dr. McCullough on his website has a very nice uh, videotape of somebody doing the EFT, or emotional freedom technique, that they can even practice on their own a bit. But if you go online, uh, you can often find practitioners near you. And it's simply tapping on certain acupressure points releases this trauma and this stress, and it can be used for phobias. And it's funny, the well, first time I heard about this, you know, my reaction was, you know, right, you know, it's not going to help with anything. And um, I, I read a book by a doctor, a Professor Callahan, who's a psychologist. Um, who wrote the book, The Five-Minute Phobia Cure? And he'd be on these national talk shows, and the host would say, okay, this is my phobia. And well, there's like walking on the ladders, and they'd, they'd have him do the five-minute treatment on the air, and then the person would have to do what their phobia was, and lo and behold, the phobia would be gone. And it was, it was uh, ironic. He went bankrupt because he could not keep a patient, a client, for more than five minutes because they got yeah. better. <laughs> it was a really yeah. odd thing. And I did the EFT myself, and you'll feel that these, these things that have incredibly emotional charges, it's just like they melt away. And they'll melt away in, in the 20 minutes while you're doing it. You feel it while you're doing it. You just feel it melt away, and you'll see people will, uh, will break into laughter and things because it's, just, it's pretty unbelievable. But it's very non-invasive. It's cheap. You can do it on your own, although for severe things, it's good to have somebody with you to do it, but it's cheap. And mm-hmm. you clear through layers and layers of these traumatic emotions that way. Um, could be a remarkable thing. So yes, the um, you know that uh, PTSD um, and doing the EFT can be a very very helpful thing. Beautiful.
0: Now you're going down the uh, list. We've done the drugs and the emotional issues. M
1: stands for uh, We'll take a look at uh, at, sensor metabolism. And we'll take a look at predominantly hormonal issues when it comes to metabolism. For example, a low thyroid is associated with a dramatic increase um, in uh, seeing Alzheimer's and dementia. And the problem is that the blood tests miss the vast majority of people who benefit from thyroid hormone. For example, low normal thyroid levels, a blood test that the doctor would say, no problem, uh, was associated with a 240% higher risk of dementia in women. Uh people who had a elevated thyroid had a higher risk of dementia as well. Um if you look at testosterone, every 50% increase in the free testosterone uh in men was associated with a twenty six percent lower risk of developing alzheimer's disease and men who went down and, and and another study men who went on to develop alzheimer's disease had about half the free testosterone level in their bloodstreams as men who didn't so uh, you know we talk about uh, menopause in women but menopause in men uh, and even if the testosterone is normal uh, defined as not being in the lowest 2% of the population um, and most men who have low testosterone will be in the lowest 10 to 15%. Um, so what age
0: does the to- testosterone go down? What age does that, that go down
1: in I, I start looking at it when men hit 45 to 50. Okay. Uh, now, if they're feeling great, there's no need to look at it. But if men are funny, if they have even mild decrease in function, if they see uh, symptoms of a suboptimal testosterone include elevated cholesterol, as caused uh, in men by low thyroid or low testosterone. In women, it's caused by low thyroid. Um, if you see any erectile dysfunction issues, if you see hypertension, and that's often mm-hmm. caused by um, low testosterone, diabetes, metabolic syndrome. So when I'm starting to see signs of that, I'm going to check the testosterone level. And I, prefer, I like it to be over 450. The, uh, the test will say it's normal. It's over about 250. Um, but I think it should be over four fifty. And but again it's it's you have to look at the test result in the context of active testosterone levels and also the person's symptoms and other lab tests. It's kinda of like saying what shoe size doesn't fit and you can say, Well a seven's likely to be small if the person's you know, three hundred pound, seven foot tall Texan but you know, <laughs> if you have this uh, slight woman who's, you know, five foot nothing and Weighs, uh, 100 pounds, a size 7 might be more likely to fit. So you really have to look at the whole picture with that. Um, and optimizing thyroid function, and again, you need to use a bioidentical mix of T3 and T4, not the synthetic thyroid in many cases. Um, we talked about depression before, and if you give synthetic thyroid or synthroid, uh, in people with normal thyroid function who ha- are depressed, it has absolutely no effect. But if you give the armor thyroid, which has both of the hormones. The studies, repeated studies, show that the uh, even in people with normal thyroid tests, if you give it for depression, it's more effective than Prozac. Okay. But healthy. Okay. So that's the M is optimizing metabolism. Uh, you also want to optimize adrenal function. If people keep getting drops in blood sugar, you know, at, at our age, we get a blood drop in blood sugar, we may get irritable. But as hmm. people get older. Uh, Older, being defined always as thirty years older than I am, um, the the drop in blood sugar is uh, more likely, perhaps, to cause confusion as opposed to irritability.
0: Mm. Okay. Now, the blood sugar. I wanted to talk about uh, blood sugar and how that can affect the mind. You know, because you know you've written books on that. Uh, Do you find that? You know, people keeping their blood sugar low, low normal, below diabetic, you know that range is better. Or do you find that people going completely off sugar is better? Because I'm, I'm sure that the glucose levels do affect the brain.
1: They do, but you don't have to torture yourself or give up all of life's pleasures to address that. If you have a low blood sugar, if it can come from excess sugar, uh, and that doesn't mean you can't have your piece of chocolate cake to die for. Chocolate is actually very healthy. It improves cognitive function, decreases risk of heart disease, but it's not low-calorie, so you go for quality, not quantity, and you savor it. Um, coffee, too. Coffee actually associated with lower risk of Alzheimer's, but in moderation. So if you're looking at the sugar, what you want to cut back on are things like sodas and fruit juices. Uh, both mm-hmm. of which have three quarters of a teaspoon of sugar per ounce. So if you go to the local Quickie Mart and get one of those 48-ounce Big Burp sodas, that's <laughs> 36 spoons of sugar you're throwing down your throat and that bad boy. And since Say so that again? 36? Down, Is that what you 36 said? 36 spoons of sugar. 36 oh spoons heavens. of sugar. And, you know, you'll see people at the movie theaters are doing that, not thinking twice. Um, and... You know that's that's just plain nasty, and especially since people, especially people with a lot of sugar, have candida or yeast overgrowth in their gut. Um, and if you think of uh, fungal overgrowth, um, and think of of a fermentation tank—that's where you have a, a yeast fungal culture—and you throw in a carbohydrate. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be doing one of those big burp sodas, take a, a a hops a tablet of hops, the herbal at the same time and at least then you can brew your own beer. But when you're sitting there, you know, gassy bloating and farting to the point where everybody runs (laughs) out of the movie theater and leaves alone. Well that's what fermentation tanks do and that's what people's colons do when they load up the sugar. And it's not not so good on their brain either. So you're not it's not a matter of Not allowing yourself life's pleasures. It's a matter of of sanity, you know. Have sugar in the places where you get the most bang for the buck. Have it in great desserts. Share it with with a friend. Um, But being diabetic or having low blood sugar, um, neither of those is real good for the brain. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy yourself. You know, It's funny. It seems like the thrust of medicine, whether it's holistic or, or standard medicine these days, uh, or TV or the rest, is to make people so afraid of everything in their environment that they mm-hmm. give up everything pleasurable. You know, And my looking at that is, if you give up everything pleasurable so you can live to be 120 years old, it's like, why bother? I don't want to do that. And I'll tell you a secret. Most of these things that are pleasurable are good for you. Mm-hmm. This is a modern myth. That if things are pleasurable, they're bad for you. It's insane. Most things that are pleasurable are good for you because the body has learned to say, I want more of that because it's healthy. Now, sugar is an exception. It's an addiction. Heroin, the same thing. You feel better right after you take it, but you feel worse overall. But, you know, eggs, salt, uh, butter, you know, these things are all healthy foods chocolate, coffee. Mm And the media wants to make people scared about them. And uh, when you have uh, somebody who's teaching to fear, uh, my recommendation is just saying no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so we know. put that... Yep. Yeah. It's easy. You know, if something doesn't feel good, we teach our children that. If somebody comes up to you and starts flaring and offers you candy but it doesn't feel good, we teach the child to go, no, and run away. Uh, we forget that important lesson as adults when the news media and other places come up to try to scare us, <clears throat> and, and and we feel like gritting our teeth and, and grinding them. And we we we've been talking to, well, I've got to watch this 24/7 news so-called news report because otherwise I won't be informed. <laughs> it's a fiction. If you sure. if you doubt it's a fiction, just scan between the, the major news networks covering the same event. they will think around three different planets. So at least at least. <laughs> Uh, you know now that there's five of them at least four of them are wrong and all five of them are just fictions and so it's you watch the news to be minimally informed but mostly to be entertained and as long as you're enjoying it watch it but when it stops feeling good there's a simple Tai Chi move I've talked to about before when you're watching TV and you know the news networks and the rest or whatever and you start grinding your teeth and it doesn't feel good you do this Mm -hmm. Tai Chi move you pause, breathe, center, reach your arm out to the side, as far as you can go, grab your remote control, turn it, TV, and hit off. <laughs> or, or else change it to the comedy channel, you know? Um, sure. Again, it, it, it's meant to feel good, so uh, that's just a little um, a side note. Let's, let's take a look at E, the second E in dementia, and that stands for eyes and ears, so if you're having poor vision and poor hearing, that can sometimes mimic dementia. So those should be tested. Those can be treated. Uh, the N would stand for nutrition. And, again, the American diet, we get half of our calories um, from uh, sugar, white flour, and added fats, which are basically stripped <laughs> of everything except calories. Um, so we are seeing people who are obese and malnourished in the same person routinely for the first time in human history. So um, it's not enough to just treat deficiencies. The doctor may check the B twelve level, and again, if you're in the lowest two percent of the population, uh, they may treat it enough to get you into the lowest ten percent. Even though you can see brain damage from being mm-hmm. uh, even in the lowest ten percent. You know, it's that, funny. There was once New England Journal of Medicine study. That's a very you know, Harvard traditional journal, and they were looking. And you know, normally, if the B twelve is over, say, two hundred and nine, they say it's fine. And it was showing that, wow, you can see neuropsychiatric dysfunction from b 12 deficiency even up to 300. And they weren't even looking to see, well, how much higher it would go. So you want to give optimal supplies for the nutrients. And I like a a good multivitamin in general for people. Um, People ask, what vitamin or mineral do I need? And the answer is, all of them. Um, what about people who can't I, absorb B12 except for
0: getting injected now? What's the best way for, for the B12? Because Some people don't absorb as much
1: as they should by mouth. Well, if they have pernicious anemia or inadequate stomach acid, so they're not absorbing, then B12 shots are a good thing. But here's a little secret for that. If you give high doses of B12, um, you will get what's called passive diffusion. You will still absorb a good amount. So if the RDA is, say, 2 micrograms roughly, a day, and the person is taking, you know, four micrograms in their diet, they're not going to do very well. Uh, But if they're taking a multivitamin that has 500 micrograms, they're going to get plenty. And then if they take a sublingual methyl B12 tablet that has 5,000 micrograms or five milligrams, they're still going to get pretty good levels. But at at that point, first I like to fill the tank by giving the B12 shots. Um, And for the multivitamin in general, there's... A very nice powdered one that works very well for people, and it's it's called the daily. Well, there's a, two, two of them. One's called the Daily Energy Infusion, and mm-hmm. um, and and that's a very good one um, for people, and it's a powder, so it has everything from A to Z that people will need. Um, and you'll have the vitamins, the minerals, the energy cofactors, all of the rest. Um, so you just go ahead and you take one scoop a day, you add water, and it will replace over 35 tablets of, uh, of vitamins and supplements. And people will know that they're getting the optimal levels. Um, the other thing that people can do... Um, that will be very helpful, will be uh, to go ahead and get a good omega-3 or fish oil supplement. So what you'll want to do um, for the vitamin powder, it's called the Energy Revitalization System, um, and you can get that at any health food store. I think this is great nutritional support for everybody in the world. Um, it's one half to one scoop a day. It's powerful nutrition. So some people will get some gas and blue stools from it, in which case you lower the dose. So I started with the energy revitalization system or the daily energy infusion. And then for the omega-3 fish oil support, you don't want to be taking 8 to 16 big fish oil capsules. This is really what you need to get the optimal levels. Instead, you can take something called the Omega. Uh, which is just the essential fatty acids without the unnecessary oil part, um, and you just need one or two a day. And that's going to give people uh, a really good... Uh, those two things together will give really good nutritional support. And then I'm going to add a couple herbal things that can be very helpful for people. Uh, number one, uh, you want curcumin uh, in India. Did you know that people who have a... a, a eat a lot of Indian food, <laughs> which means having a lot of curcumin or turmeric in the diet, have uh-huh. one-third the rate of Alzheimer's that we see in the United States, 70% wow. less. And that's pretty dramatic. Uh, there's actually a large double blind study that I, if I understand it's not finished recruiting and it's, that's underway, uh, looking at uh, using a very special, highly absorbed form of curcumin um, for... Uh, treating Alzheimer's disease. And the what they're seeing clinically in the animal models, the other studies, is that curcumin is very, very powerful. Uh, you'll see it that literally seems to melt away some of the Alzheimer's, what are called, neurofibrillary tangles that you see. Uh, we hmm. have uh, amyloid plaque that's being deposited in these other um, areas and, and ways that the brain is being damaged. So, the, um, We want to be uh, using the right form, the curcumin, and the form is is called CuraMed, C-U-R-A-M-E-D. And they have a high strength one. I would take one or two of those a day. For those people with a family history who are looking to prevent Alzheimer's, I think the one a day. For those people who already have uh, a dementia problem, um, I would take the two a day of the CuraMed. Another uh, excellent product is called Mental Advantage, uh, and that has a mix of things like uh, a little bit of the curcumin, but also sage and other things um, that increases acetylcholine production um, and decreases breakdown. So you get the similar benefits of the medication in terms of the effects, but without the toxicity or cost. Um, that product is called Mental Advantage. Uh, both those last two products... Are from and, and also the Vectomega, All three of those come from Euromedica or Europharma, um, mm-hmm. and under the Terry Naturally line, um, the Energy Revitalization System powder uh, that comes from a company called Enzymatic Therapy. So all oh. of these are pretty readily uh, available. You can find them in most health food stores. Uh, we don't, we have most of them at our website at endfatigue.com. Uh, again, these are easy to find. Um, so for the nutrition, and those are the key things. Um, and then uh, after that, they have the letter T, which means tumors. So you want people with dementia to serve an MRI or CAT scan to rule out space occupying lesions, tumors, or other things in the brain. Um, then the next one would be I for infections. And, again, although if your eye I had a bladder infection, we would be wanting to pee every minute and get burning in urgency – um, as people get into the 70s and beyond, uh, very often, uh, you can have grip roaring bladder infections and no symptom except confusion. Wow. Very, very common. Uh, for some reason, you just don't see the, the burning and urgency and the rest as much. Uh, and this can be in both men and women. Um, and you know how, if you have an infection, uh, whether you have a... Uh, you know, a, a sore throat or a cold or a flu or a bladder infection or whatever else it is, you know, brain feels kind of fuzzy. And it does the same. And, and people would mention that that little bit of fuzziness to us is basically a knockout blow to them. So you want to rule out bladder infections. Um, you want to look for sinusitis. Um, and you want to treat a very common infection called candida. And the way that you tell candida is present is because a person will have post-nasal drip or sinusitis so that you'll find they're going to be carrying <coughs> their throat a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you'll see that in the elderly. I say more prone to the candida. Or you'll see, uh, you know, the expression old fart comes from somewhere. You'll see mm-hmm. that the, the candida people get very gassy. And mm-hmm. if they're having a lot of gas and bloating, uh, sometimes diarrhea, constipation, those can be candida symptoms too. And it's worth treating them. Um you go with a good probiotic and I will give them medication by flucam uh for six weeks and if it's a sinus problem I'll give us a special nose spray for that. Um, and but you want to clear the infections and just like our brains feel better when infections go away you know, even more so in people who uh have dementia and Alzheimer's. And then the last letter is the A, which means anemia and other overt medical problems. So you want to get a proper evaluation, make sure the person doesn't have uncontrolled diabetes and other things. Uh, Anemia being one common problem that needs to be addressed. Iron deficiency will also uh, contribute to the... Um, difficult uh, mentation and uh, the blood tests again the normal range for iron if, uh, if it's called a ferritin test and if it's over 8 to 12 the doctor will say that it's just fine because uh, it's in the normal range but the studies show that that misses about 90% of people who have the most severe form of iron deficiency where the bone marrow shows no iron on aspiration um, and I mean the researchers say it's insane that they're using this normal range. I mean, look at the data. It's, it, it misses 90% of the, of the time in the worst cases. But most doctors go, huh? And you think they're mm-hmm. demented? No, no, no. It's just that nobody's going to pay for them to see this research because there's no money in it. hmm so, Now,
0: heart disease and other circulatory health issues... Uh, People who've had bypass surgeries and and whatnot, stents, does that affect the brain and how?
1: Well, see, here's the thing. It's not going to cause dementia on its own in most cases. But in people who are on the edge of dementia, anything that decreases function can do that. So that would fall into the A in dementia, looking for anemia and other uh, medical conditions. Um, And it's it's a fascinating thing. If you look at heart disease... um, there are some areas that are well-treated in medicine and some that is very poorly treated. And if you simply increase the efficiency of the heart muscle, you'll find that heart failure often goes away and, and function improves dramatically. And it's not hard to do. Um, I'll use the energy revitalization system vitamin powder. I will uh, go ahead and give coenzyme Q10, 200 to 400 milligrams a day. I will give ribose. Uh, five grams three times a day, um, and I will go ahead and give a And those four will resolve whether the heart problem is from heart failure, even angina or you've had China, arrhythmias, uh, because these improve heart muscle efficiency. You'll often see a dramatic improvement in clinical function, um, and in cases where I need something more, uh, the, the herb othorn. Uh, has been shown in repeated double-blind studies to be quite helpful for heart failure. Uh, magnesium orotate, also helpful for heart failure. So there's so much that can be done. So in those cases, if I was doing the tune-up on somebody with Alzheimer's, and like I said, we, we have people who consult us from all over the world, um, and most of this you can do by phone. Um, I'll have them see a neurologist, but then I'll, I'll do the rest of the evaluation by phone. Um But this is one of the things, if they have any evidence of heart failure, I'm going to go ahead and give them things to tune up the heart function.